When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Always great to have Jack Michaels drop by, play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Oilers right here on 630, Chet. Love having Jack on the show. Want to remind you that some guests get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Check out the new spring chicken menu with spring-inspired fixins. Start your salivating at northchickenyeg.com. Visit them in person, 124th Street, 107th Avenue. My name is Reed Wilkins. Top of the seventh, Blue Jays, who have won five in a row, trailing Tampa Bay 5-4. Eskimos season opener Thursday at Winnipeg, 5 o'clock countdown to kickoff. Game at 6.30 here on 6.30. Ched, the Eskimos coaches show with Jason Moss and Morley Scott coming up in half an hour. Well, some big news on the sports scene last week. FC Edmonton once again has a league after uh, choosing not to participate in the North American Soccer League this summer, and uh, they're joining the Canadian Premier League, which will launch next spring, and this is something that has been uh, dreamed of, hoped for, for a long time. A Canadian league featuring a lot of Canadian players, which hopefully will help uh, Canadian players develop, and maybe we get a little better internationally as well. So FC Edmonton is back, but still a lot of questions about how this league and how their franchise is going to work. I went to the FC Edmonton offices this afternoon and talked to General Manager Jay Ball. All right, Jay. Well, thanks for making the time to see me here. You got the you got the party started Friday night with a party. Tell me how it went in, in Old Strathcona and how that felt to sort of uh, you know make it official that that FC Edmonton. Uh, maybe I don't want to say back because you never actually went away, but you, you you have a you have a league again. I think the more accurate term is I think we went into hibernation for a little while, right? <laughs> and so you know at the at the at the urging of the fan group that rose up in December and January and February and March, you know, we threw a massive uh, rebirth party on, uh, we were reborn actually on Friday night. The reality is we had close to a thousand people show up in Old Strathcona. We unveiled the new brand. We unveiled uh, basically a new vision and a new future for the team. The YEG for CPL group. I got to interview uh, a gentleman from that a, a few months ago, so I'm assuming they were out in, in full force, and, and you probably have a big thank you for them too. Yeah, they are absolutely fantastic. Here's how we started the event off. So if you can imagine everybody in front of the Old Strathcona's Farmer's Market, but five blocks away, the Egg for CPL group, the, that fan movement, uh, met in front of the keg just off White Avenue, and they had a staging area, and there was about 200 of, of them that had had a police escort to White Avenue, and then down White Avenue, smoke billowing, flags flying, drums, drums pounding, all down White Avenue, and then they took a turn on a gateway, and then right into where we were, um, and they were carrying with them a big antique steamer chest, 
That was our owners. And inside the steamer chest was our brand, our logo, our new identity. And But they didn't know what it was because it was locked. So they knew what was in there. And it, it, the notion was is that, you know, uh, they were bringing the brand identity to the, uh, to the, uh, to the owners. Um, the reality is this, what we've learned over the, over this past six or seven months is that fans don't follow the team. The team follows the fans, right? The team follows what the fans need and what they want. And if, and in pro sports, if a team is listening carefully, then you, then you give the fans what they want. And so, um, Friday night, we followed the fans right into Old Strathcona launched a new brand. Well, that's awesome. the The logo looks incredible, and the the new the new league is obviously the Canadian Premier League. I got to talk to the commissioner uh, a few weeks ago. He was in Edmonton, had a good interview with him, and I, I think the question. Is, and look, Jay, you and I have talked about this on air and off air. The NASL, like you guys, were a northwestern outpost in a league that had a lot of teams in the southeastern and eastern United States, and even in Puerto Rico. And the travel wasn't wasn't friendly. Mostly to FC Edmonton. I guess Minnesota for a while was the closest team. What? How is the CPL uh, going to work for FC Edmonton, where the North American Soccer League obviously didn't, or there were more challenges there? I think in a number of ways. First and foremost, it's a league by Canadians for Canadians. Coast to coast, eight to ten teams will start up play and uh, kick a ball for the very first time in one year from now. The other piece is the... The, the pathway is finally complete. So you have young kids and grassroots. They're now able to see themselves and their heroes play not just soccer in the grassroots, but into the uh, the U sport uh, group and then also up, up into the Canadian professional um, ranks as well. And that for the first time, that's complete in like, 30 years, almost a generation. Um, and then finally, the one piece, and this is the real uh, element that engages our fans, and that's regional rivals. As of today, as of really 8.15 on Friday night, for the first time in 30 years, there are two professional soccer clubs in Alberta. And so here's what that means to our fans. Number one, it, so just looking in the back, looking in the rearview mirror for a couple seconds here, it's it's so uh, difficult to hate the teams that come in from Puerto Rico or Indianapolis. But it's really easy to hate everybody that comes in from Calgary. Any team, is, fans get riled up. Battle of Alberta goes back decades, right? So that's going to continue, and has also been demonstrated because we just had a home and away series with uh, with our U18 team and and Calgary. But um, that regional rival piece is absolutely key. And additionally, you have two pro soccer teams in Alberta and that's going to impact the minor soccer community in a massive way. So while we are going to beat each other up on the pitch when we play each other, off the field we're going to go into communities together places like Red Deer, Innisfail, Lacombe, Rocky Mountain House and those two clubs are going to put together clinics and camps and actually work with those communities to um, to impact uh, kids in those uh, local, local uh, places. Jay Ball from FC Edmonton joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, the street party was in Old Strathcona on Friday. FC Edmonton in the Canadian Premier League, and they'll they'll continue to announce teams. Likely they're they're going to have at least eight, I guess, for next year, maybe even nine. So we'll see how that rolls out uh, in in the weeks to come. Look, uh, where are you going to play? Uh, obviously, Clark has been your home. Uh, I know the the CPL wants uh, some more seats in there than, than there are right now, and uh, I know there's some ongoing discussions uh, with the city. Can you give us any update on on Clark and uh, you know the feasibility of it as 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 a long term home or or I guess even a short term home for FCN. 
Clark, for the last three years, four years has been her home. I actually don't see that changing. Um, and we are at the table right now uh, following um, a stakeholder consultation process that the city has laid out for us. So we're at the table with um, anybody, uh, our, all the other prime users of that of that facility, including the city and, and including the Eskimos. And we're, we're talking about what that's going to look like going forward. And, and as long as those uh, discussions continue around that table, I think the club is just going to keep those discussions at the table out of respect for the process and the other stakeholders. And, you know, at the end of the day, we don't want to displace any groups um, from using the field. I will say, and I will, I do have to shout out some appreciation to the minor soccer and the other groups and the minor football groups who have worked with us over the past four years to be flexible in terms of what FC Edmonton has needed to pull a game day together. And, uh, you know, they've been very good working with us and we, we see these relationships continuing and we'll figure it out. It's all about communication and making sure that everybody gets as much as they can out of, um, out of the footprint going forward. All right. So you, you have a, a passionate following, but obviously, you know, you'd, I, I, I'll speak for you, I guess. You'd like more. You'd like, you'd like more people to join that group. I mean, is this, and, and, and I've said this to you many times, and I'll, and I'll say it again. Unfortunately, a lot of people look at, at, at soccer franchises and they say it's, it's a history of failure, right? You can go back to the drillers, the brickmen, the drillers came back. There was the indoor team that I worked for briefly. Now, FC Empton's been going eight years here, and the Faths are super committed. So they've found a way to keep FC Edmonton going, but how do you still maybe win some people over or tell existing soccer fans to say, you know, no, you can get season's tickets or you can get come to five games. We're not going away. Is that, is that still a challenge here, or how do you, how do you read this? You know, the, the only way I can answer to that is just by saying we know what our priorities are over the next, you know, 10 months. Again, we're a year away from playing our first game. And so we have to focus on engaging the, this large fan base that has popped up in the last six or seven months. It, it always has been there, but they've just, they've grown to the point where it's a, a substantial group. Um, again, they were really the ones who, who brought this team back. So um, we have to engage our fans, connect them deeper to the club. Um, and then we also have to keep building our community. We have to work with those fans to help find us more fans and, um, and just connect with people. And that's, that's it. There's nothing, it's, it's a very simple process. Um, just ensure that people understand um, just how, what a fantastic opportunity this is to support your local club. And that's, that's really all it is. All right, what's uh, what's next for you guys? I mean, I know there's probably a lot of staff to hire, coach included. Uh, is that is that are we getting that right away, or what? Are, what can we look for in the next few weeks? Well, let me ask you something else first, because Wednesday's a big day. Wednesday's a big day. If Canada gets to host the World Cup, be a co-host of the World Cup with the United States and Mexico, what would that mean for FC Edmonton and soccer locally? I think that if Canada gets that bid, I think it's going to be a really big deal for Canada, for soccer right across the country, especially for FC Edmonton. Our owner, Tom Fath, is involved in that bid, and uh, we're close to the city on that as well. I think it just, it, it what it does is it helps this, uh, there's a massive soccer community here. Remember, go back to June of 2015, July of 2015, the first 
first match of the Women's World Cup mm-hmm. here. There was 54,000 people at, in that stadium. And uh, I have a feeling that's exactly what's going to happen when the World Cup comes here and we have our first couple games. It's going to be absolutely fantastic for this community. And, and uh, you know, there'll be trickle-down effect to FC Edmonton. And our fans are soccer fans, so I think it, it'll, all, it'll all be connected. Okay, and to where I was going before, what, what, what needs to happen here in the short term? What other uh, newsworthy items could we be keeping an eye on? I think there's a lot of work that has to be done over the next uh, the next four to six months. Number one, we have to find a head coach. We have to make that announcement. We have to build out the rest of our front office. Um, then that head coach has to build out his technical team. And then very soon, we're going to have to start putting the foundation of our team together for you know a February March uh, training camp. So you know in order in order to do those things, we we have to get moving like now. And it you know today is Monday. I actually coming into the work to the office for the first time and able to speak publicly about a team because we haven't been able to do this right so it's exciting and and so now the momentum grows the noise amplifies even more and now we're off and running Jay thanks for your time all the best no problem thank you that is Jay Ball great to sit down with him this afternoon at the FC Edmonton offices he's the general manager of the team they have a league They will be back. We'll see what happens with Clark Stadium. If it will be uh, expanded to seven or 8,000 seats, uh, I I would think there's a pretty good chance that will happen. I think it will be automatic if the Canada-U.S.-Mexico joint bid gets to host the World Cup in 2026 because Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal would combine to host the 10 games in Canada. Likely, uh, well, the, the... the speculation is is that Edmonton would get four games and uh, maybe even an elimination game along the way. But as you've probably been reading about, some countries are saying they're going to vote against that bid simply because of Donald Trump. So we'll see how that goes. That's going to be about 5 a.m. Mountain Time on Wednesday that that gets announced. Inside Sports on Chad Eskimo's show coming up. Morley Scott's going to drop in. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Eskimos at Winnipeg on Thursday. Matt Nichols hurt for the Blue Bombers. 23-year-old Chris Strevler. Chris Strevler will be the starting quarterback for the Bombers. Here's Eskimos defensive coordinator Mike Benavides. You could tell there's an athlete there. You could tell there's a competitor there, obviously. And when you, you know, when he took off down the field, you could see he's anxious to do that. You know, he made some accurate throws against what he had to look at, but it's awfully tough because there's not a lot of looks at him. We'll go back, look at college and all that stuff. Started that this morning, but at the end of the day, you could tell that the guy's a competitor and uh, you could hear people talk about his command of the huddle and that tells you there's leadership there. And I'm sure that's what Coach Osh and the rest of the guys see. Yeah. Is that the toughest part? Like you say, you don't have a lot of look at him or a lot of looksy at him, and he can have a lot of looksy at your defense. Yeah, there's a, you know, there's always an adage when you have the backup coming in, you just never know what you're going to get. And, uh, you know, they're going to be well prepared. Lap will have him doing what he does, and he'll probably take what the defense gives him and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, you just got to go out there and execute the best you can. You're coming out of camp. They haven't seen a lot of what we've done, and I'm sure there's a lot of things we haven't seen they, they uh, have in the repertoire. So we'll just go out there and pre- prepare. I guess if you can't stop Andrew Harris, it really doesn't matter. Who's that? 
quarterback. It doesn't freaking matter if you don't stop him, right? Appreciate that. If you don't stop him, you got problems. So uh, Andrew's an extremely effective guy. If anybody knows him, it's me, obviously. And um, I think everything goes through him regardless. And I think um, there's no doubt that it's going to be more in his hands. And knowing Andrew, he's relishing the opportunity. So we've got to be sound. I mean, it's going to take all 12 of us to stop him and what they do. But I really like the way the group is going for us. I think our guys are learning. They're taking ownership. Uh, there's a lot of youth and enthusiasm, which is great. And there'll be things that they'll be able to you know, capture at, at a point in time. But we'll be ready. Usual defense wants to keep uh, a, a, an offense in second and long situations. With him, they're going to use him in any situation. Is that what makes it difficult to, to stop Andrew Harris? Yeah, I think the biggest thing about Andrew, he's such a good receiver. I mean, when we had him out in BC early as a young junior, we put him at receiver, you know, because he was, he was talented. You wanted to get him on the field. He even played some free safety for us. So what makes him extremely good is his intelligence. He's been around a long time. I remember thinking as a junior kid, he was beyond his years in football IQ and just maturity as an individual. And uh, he's a good recipient out of the backfield. He knows how to move around to uh, manipulate linebackers, manipulate coverage, get indicators. He's just an all-around outstanding player. There's a reason he's as good as he is and has been around a long time now. Mike Benavides is the defensive coordinator for the Edmonton Eskimos. The season starts Thursday. Morley Scott is the play-by-play voice for the Green and Gold here on 630. Chet, Chris Strevler. Chris Strevler. That's about what I know of just him, too. Just working on my... <laughs> making sure I pronounce it correctly. Yes. Two E's, Streveler, but it's Streveler. Uh, 23 years old, uh, was a walk-on, sort of. Didn't uh, Went to minicamp, didn't participate much, didn't have a contract. Ended up signing a contract after that with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And came to camp, looked pretty good. And then all of a sudden, Matt Nichols goes down, and he was named today as the starter for Thursday night in Winnipeg against the Eskimos. Now, didn't the Bombers think they were going to have Darian Durant for situations like this? Yes, they did. <laughs> so what's the story? He got a, the roster bonus is February... Well, when he First, signed, when, no, uh, he got he work? was due a roster bonus. I don't know what the date was from Montreal, and they released oh. him before the bonus was due. Oh, okay, and then he ended up signing with Winnipeg and got a seventy thousand dollars signing bonus, which is basically just comes out of his salary. You just get it up front, right? Right. And then said, Nah, not feeling it. But you still get it up front. Yeah. Yeah. So he got he got the money, got to keep it. Bombers asked for it back. He went. <laughs> It's no, in, it's in the contract. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, some people think it's a dirty pool, but it's. Do you think he'll go back and play for them? Or is I he, he's think done, that done. bridge is pretty much blown up. I okay. think. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, there was some Twitter exchanges from some people in the Bombers' office with his agent and. Everything. So who else do the Bombers have a quarterback? Uh, Alex Ross is their other guy. It was between Strebler and he played and a Ross. bit last year. Did he? He was in BC last year. For yeah, BC, didn't, okay. didn't play a lot. Didn't okay. play a lot, but uh, he was in BC last year. So Strebler was the guy. He went ten for ten against the Eskimos well, last Friday night. I mean, we can, yards I mean obviously, we're going to joke about not knowing much about him, but, he, I mean, Ricky Ray was a no-name yep. when he came in and replaced the guy sitting yep. right outside the studio and went 7-for-7 seven seven on his first drive as a starter, and the yep. rest was history. So very, you, ne- you never know good. who yeah, that, that is. That right? is true. That is true. Everybody who was a Hall of Famer was a nobody at one point, right? All right, uh, Jason's coming up, and we're yep. doing the coaches' show uh, every Monday again all year. This is going to be great. 7.30, you know it. All right. Thanks to everybody who uh, texted in tonight. Thanks to Jack Michaels for coming in. Good to hear from Jay Ball, the general manager of FC Edmonton. Tomorrow, Kelly Rudy will make his final appearance of the season on the show with the Stanley Cup having been handed out. The Edmonton Sports Hall of Fame inductions are going on right now. We had Ron Miner on the show last week, great wheelchair athlete, uh, great soccer player. Janine Helen is going to be in studio 
to uh, to take you through her career. She has a pretty cool story as well. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. I will talk to you tomorrow. Jason Moss, up next with more. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.